When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Winning time, season two, episode seven is over, uh, but here in Bush Recaps, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how you doing? Grace, uh, I'm good. A uh, little devastated at the, the, the very end of the show, but uh, mm-hmm. all in all, I'm good. I can't wait to break uh, break the whole thing down with you. The, the season, uh, or maybe should I say series finale of Winning Time. Yeah, did you uh, did you edit the montage in? It's going to go at the end of this podcast. that talks about all the success we have in the future. Yeah, it's all it's all of our future podcasting we're going to do. Just the shots of us and you know talking about the show. Uh, so that's going to be at the very end of, of this podcast stream. Okay. You'll see all the the the, the photoshopped pictures I put together of us <laughs> holding up holding up podcasting yeah. trophies. Uh, you know, spraying champagne yeah. on our computer screens. I can't believe uh, they let know. us film in the forum. We got the lot of the ground exactly. there. Yeah, that was great. Um, like we've got, a, we've got yeah. a winning time logo. They're both going to just, I'm just have a, a picture of us sitting on the logo and, and reminiscing about good times and what's to come yeah. Or, yeah. or what may never be. 
Yeah. Well, for the first time this season, Jason, we are not alone. We are joined by a guest, a third person in the booth. Uh, Alexander Chester is here. Chester, how are you doing? Great. Uh, great to be here and uh, to talk about the the demise of the show, I guess. I'm here just in time. Yeah, you ready to <laughs> eulogize it. the show? Yeah. yeah. I, I hope you're not like Jack Nicholson who's going to heckle us the whole time. We're, all, yeah. we're on the podcasting floor. <laughs> What episode of of uh, Succession? It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I, I believe we had uh, somebody else on for the episode that that Logan. Uh, oh, that's a big Succession spoiler. Oops, I, you're an HBO watcher. I'm gonna have to admit you. Uh, hope people know. Um, but you, you joined us for uh, uh, Succession, and now you're here for for Winning Time. And yeah, it's the last episode of the show. It got canceled right as soon as the episode <laughs> ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll chat about. Well, what Jason? What'd you make of the the finale? You know, the finale, I thought, uh, much like the episode before, I thought it was all about business. It didn't give it a lot of time to breathe. Uh, I thought I was missing a lot of the, like, of the wit and the bite. It felt more of like a, let's, let's, let's go down all the highlights. Let's get, let's get everything, a kind of an info dump in a way. So I was a little disappointed um, by the, sh- by the episode, whether it would have been a season or a series finale. I thought it was a little too, too straightforward, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Chester, what are your thoughts? It's basically we get the the you know the NBA finals here in '84, and then very quickly a montage to be like, and also this is what happened with the rest of the Lakers dynasty. Uh, but what'd you make of the finale? Maybe Sans montage. What did you make of it up until that point? I mean, look, it was obviously and Jeff Perlman's been working hard on Twitter trying to get people to to watch the show to save it. It was not intended to be a seven episode season. It was not intended to be a a a final season obviously. And the only thing that they seem to really do to wrap it up is, you know, the words on the screen at the end in the montage like it just it was it was a mid-season episode and honestly like I thought the last two episodes of the show were the weakest two. And, and and not really their fault because I don't think the intent was for this to wrap it up. But because this is how it wraps up, it kind of diminishes the whole series. Like this is what we were building to. Like just uh, I get the narrative is I guess we needed to see the Celtics against the Lakers in the finals, and like that's the big thing. But like it, it just it kind of annoyed me. Like in the pre in the in the penultimate episode as it is now, you have Bus saying to them like, "Hey, we're the upstarts. We're nobodies." Like what are you talking about? You're the best team of the decade so far. Like you've been in the final, you keep winning titles over and over. Like, Oh, you didn't beat the Celtics because the Celtics weren't even good enough to make it there. So it's like, so weird. Like the narrative that they're pushing, like um, Celtics first Lakers obviously was very exciting and had really high ratings and helped save the NBA or whatever. Sure. That's all fine. But like, it's just like the dramatic arc of the show doesn't really make sense. And again, when a show gets cut off before it's supposed to, that's sort of what happens. But yeah, I think that that's the the thing that's a little bit unfortunate. I mean, there's a world where we were talking about after season one about whether do you anthologize this show to a degree? Do you do you is that you know is that it from the Lakers uh, perspective, like getting Magic to the to the NBA, winning a championship, and then is there room to you know do Kobe and Shaq at some point, uh, LeBron later, whatever? That's not what the show decided to do. And yeah, certainly is unfortunate set of circumstances i think the the ending is i think two things out of their control which is one is that the season run uh, episodes gets cut to seven episodes uh and then they can't really do much in terms of an uh, an ending um because of the writers and actors strike at the moment i not that i think they could have done a lot more than what they were planning but this certainly feels i think the thing that i've been seeing all over social media jason is this is like ending uh the star wars 
trilogy after two episodes of doing the empire strikes back and it's like okay and that's it and then yeah in a montage like, <laughs> boy that was a downer of a series of a of a, of a star war wasn't it <laughs> no but then it's like luke don't worry luke actually does save the day you know in a montage yeah, it's a montage of the, yeah. yeah. uh-huh. the mob like up, up top the stairs getting their medals or whatever like don't worry everything worked out fine in the end uh but i mean this is what happens right when you take a big gamble that's what this yeah. that's what this second season was without a guarantee of a third season and i've seen uh i've seen the showrunners talk a lot in the press before the season came out they're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about these four seasons and i mean after this we have to come back right they wouldn't do us like that like no they definitely would uh, i feel like we can pinpoint the exact moment that like jeff perlman got the news that they were coming back for season three when he like had the rant on twitter that was like you know this the, if the writer strike makes a season three not happen it's all hollywood's fault or whatever his rant was on twitter uh i think Feel like we can pinpoint that exact moment he got a call from an hbo exec um but i mean but but that five that five days later like add-on that was probably like filmed after they got the news right well i don't think it could have been because of the strike right. so I think but it, it, it's about what the timing was like was it like a i don't know was that would they shoot that just in case there was like a season no season three and they were like well had added on to the, to the end i I'm not so sure that the five days later thing, I don't know what you think, Chester, that that is, was never in the episode. Like if that wasn't the plan all along, I don't know, a little behind the scenes. I believe we did get a new screener later in the, in the week this week. That was like, basically I think them being like, we added the montage. You got to watch once they got the news. And so I believe a lot of critics, I think have said this, like people whose articles came out that like, yeah, this was an addition. I don't know whether or not the Jerry genie lying on the floor scene uh, was, was added later. I think that that could have been the, ending to the season even if it got a season three i think it's much more the montage that to me feels like it's for sure added after the fact what do you make of that chester yeah i just i i get i i the only part that clearly me was added on was this was the text on the screen i thought the rest of it i mean there's two separate things so they knew they were going to have a shortened season because of the strike and other things but then they still thought they might come back for a season three right and then so it's both the shortened season. I think it's the combination of the strike and the the low ratings and HBO wanting to cut it. Um, so I think it might have been that they knew episode seven was going to wrap, and but they and so I, yeah. My understanding was that I thought five days later was part of the episode, like you said, Grace. Um, yeah. And then they just added the words when it became clear that uh, yeah, this was it. I guess it just felt like a, a real like uh, a stinger on the end of the episode. Be like, hey, don't worry, guys. The team will stay in the family for for generations to come. Uh, it, it's all a happy ending here. But yeah, I guess I can see where that would be a part part of the show. I just it, it's it's so if it really kind of for me cheapens the season when you have to end it like those you know uh, cheap eighties movies. Uh, in back in the day, you'd have the you'd have those montages with the with the text on the screen. It's like don't worry, everyone. Everything ended happily at the end. It, it kind of cheapens what what I thought was a pretty great series uh, from season one and season two. Here here's my question because I I watched uh, Heels this season. We covered it uh, here on Post Recaps. I covered it with Stan. Show about professional wrestling. Um, oh, I see. This is what Chester was uh, just trying to change his background. <laughs> <laughs> to cream Abdul Jabbar. Um uh so I watched Heels, finals, I also, baby. I also watched uh, a show called Based on a True Story, which is a Peacock show. And both of those shows had endings where I was kind of disappointed because it was so clearly they like didn't answer anything and they were like, Yeah, we're just hoping we get another season, which on one hand I can feel like 
great bold choice go out there and be like i dare you to cancel our show <laughs> our show uh after we just gave you that finale and on the other hand i'm like oh you got to tie it up better because like what if you what if it does get canceled and i'm kind of with you jason that this ending puts such a sour taste for me on like what winning time is i feel like much removed i think you and i will sit and be like oh remember when it was like good and the, the, like so, so so stupid that hbo canceled it but at the moment i'm like oh it feels like it ended as on such a clunker you know it's such yeah. a uh it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth so i i don't know should should shows do this should they like gamble on the like yeah do, do, we're gonna leave it on a cliffhanger so you have to renew us or should they wrap it up nicely in case they get canceled that feels like the wrong answer but i don't know I, I think in the current hollywood system where we know that studios and studio heads don't give a crap about the fans they don't give a crap if they give you a good ending i think you have to head your bets and end it in a in a reasonable way and not leave it up to people that you know if if your show doesn't make this amount of money i don't care if it's a cult hit or you know a, a niche show we're gonna cancel it i feel like uh, probably about oh, what, six or seven years ago, there was this trend going around where they would cancel shows, but then they would give you like a wrap up movie to end yeah. everything on. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a, a better compromise for that, me. Actually. I'd actually yeah, love this. I feel like made, that would so. been a yeah. better compromise to at least cover the next season, which was a successful season, and not just to really end it on this like supreme, depressing, and, and sour note. Yeah, I, I think that The Wire really and obviously The Wire is like on a whole other level show of, uh, you know, compared to Winning Time, for example. But every single year they were under threat that it might be the final season. And so David Simon did this masterful thing like season one, season three, like every season sort of wrapped in a way where it could have been a series finale and would have worked that way, but also worked great as a season finale and team you up for the next season. Um, and, I, you know, they, they again, to compare any show to The Wire is a little bit unfair, but that's sort of like the best <laughs> yeah. case scenario of what you can do when you're not sure, you know, how, how, how long your uh, life expectancy is as a show because – but. Um, that that was you know this show definitely did not do that i mean i said this at the beginning but i feel like the way that the show wraps almost like it almost makes the entire show and it's you know it's the fun we had along the way and all that but like what was the purpose of the show as a whole because it was so like i wouldn't i i'm not even sure if i would recommend this show at all now because of the way it it wraps up just so like blah it's just like there's nothing i mean it's still listen if you love basketball or, or if you love uh you know 80s uh period pieces or whatever you know there's still value in it obviously but it's just the, the whole thing is so kind of ruined by forces beyond the show's control i get it i'm not i'm not blaming uh you know the showrunners or the directors or perlman or anyone but just the reality is it's sort of the whole show to me is, is really diminished by by the way it, it ends I would almost argue you could recommend season one to someone and then be like, yeah, and if you never get around just to watch season that. two, yeah. it's fine. Because yeah. it's like season, Game of Thrones. Just don't watch the final season. <laughs> yeah. Season one ends, you know, magic wins. It's like, you know, obviously Bus will want to go do more. But, you know, in terms of like the rise of the Lakers dynasty, I feel like there's actually a good place to end rather like than this finale where they lose the finals. So I would, that's how I would maybe go back. And the performances, I think, especially in season one, we've talked about this, Jason, that there's things that were part of season one that uh, were completely like taken out of season two, which I think is like due to them having a condensed uh, season uh, episode order. But alas, I think season one is like much stronger in totality than season two. And it, yeah, if I was recommending it, it would the other piece I was thinking about in terms of, um, the, there was in addition to the the wrap-up movies jason there was also like when chuck got canceled and people sort of like rallied around it being renewed and it went to a new network community had a similar thing and it ends up going to to, to the yahoo streaming service rest in peace i feel like you almost 
the, the quality of these last two episodes, I feel like are not worthy of a sort of demand of audiences from the show to be like, oh, this has to come back. I feel like it wasn't strong enough. So I feel like if they had maybe been able to like land the plane a little bit and then get canceled, that feels like so much more of a like, a, oh my God, we have to see what happens next rather than this felt like it like limped across the finish line. I don't know if you agree with that, Jason. Yeah, it definitely felt like the last two episodes felt like more of like a, a Wikipedia entry of like, yeah. this thing happened, then this thing happened, then this thing happened. We didn't really get the kind of uh, introspection of a lot of our characters. We didn't really get into the, the nitty gritty of of emotion, of relationships. We just we're kind of we kind of ran everything along. I, I I honestly think I would I would recommend this to to I would recommend season one and two with with caveats, of course. Like, well, listen, it doesn't end great. Yeah. Uh, but the vast majority of this thing uh, was really good, especially for the performances, for the stylistic choices they made in, in different in different things with like, you know, I, I think the, this show did so, so good with soundtrack and with how they, they they scored. They scored scenes, they scored sequences. So I think in that instance, I would recommend the show to people just just with that caveat. Uh, yeah. But that's all. But but for the performances and for all those other things, I, I would say watch it with you know, the ending in mind. I need Quincy Isaiah to get cast in something else. That's what I need here. Sure. Uh, my biggest yeah. out, my biggest takeaway from the show, if he's not going to be on uh, HBO Sunday nights anymore. Let me quickly recap. I mean, basically, we get the 1984 finals. I love they use the old school HBO logo. Um, but uh, yeah, the Lakers take game one. We basically saw this scene play out uh, in the first episode of this season where they're running off uh, into the bus as they're being uh, pelted by Celtics fan uh, fans. Uh, game two uh, is where Magic sort of keeps the ball, loses uh, track of the time um and then they go back and forth um we also have a little bit of the bus honey thing coming to a little bit of a head in terms of uh potentially seeming like he might lose the team entirely because of uh, the demands of honey's lawyer uh claire learns uh of this uh and is a little bit <laughs> involved in the Sh- shades of curb your enthusiasm that's right um where, and where then the, uh, the dodgers owner almost loses the team in a divorce that's right uh, and then uh, ultimately we end up getting uh, what happens is go- it goes to game seven and uh, the Lakers end up uh, losing as the Celtics sort of slowly celebrate as the, the clock uh, rings out. We get obviously the scene with uh, Jerry and Jeannie lying on the forum saying they're going to be okay. Uh, she'll run the whole thing one day. And then with, we, with uh, no explanation of how, by the way, right? Like the whole premise is, nope. oh, he's about to lose the team. And yep. Nope. Very nothing. Strange. Uh, and then, and then the clip montage of, uh, the future of, of everybody, uh, we saw, including Paul Westhead, uh, you know, cream scoring record, Jerry West drafting Kobe Bryant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jason, I'd like to ask you this. What's the headline of the episode? Winning I mean, I like time. Yeah. You shine bright, but burned out too fast. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what do you want to? I mean, yeah, what do you make of this? One of our, our things in season one, Jason, was right, was like there was mm-hmm. so little basketball, like so little yes. basketball on the screen, which I, I can't then come back and complain, like, oh my God, so much basketball in this basketball show, right? But uh, they overcorrected. I think they overcorrected a little bit, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, I liked this. Sto- I mean, the story of the 84 finals. If we have to, like, basically admit that, like, what can they do at the point that they're like, we're coming back. This is what we pitch. HBO is like, great. Yeah. And then you can do season three, but is lying to them. Chester, this is not a bad episode of TV. It just sucks that it's the series finale, but overall this idea of like the 1984 finals and them going back and forth, basically. Uh, and these, these crucial moments that happen in the series, I actually think this episode is pretty well told in terms of what it's trying to tell us about that series in particular. 
Yeah, I mean, they had built up the clearly the whole season to the idea of this this series, right? Like it has to be the Lakers winning a finals over any other team, the Sixers or whatever, it doesn't matter. It has to be against the Celtics for it to matter. And so they built it up in that respect. The one sort of relief for me is is I'm in like a little group chat on TV shows and I've been whining all for two seasons about the the inaccuracies of the show. Uh-huh. And it's not listen, any TV show or movie or, or you know that's based on real life it's always inspired by true events or whatever. Like there's always inaccuracies, but what bothered me here was like the unnecessary inaccuracies. Like they would say Kareem scored 29 points today when he actually scored 31. And like, and this kind of stuff, because <laughs> uh-huh. basketball reference exists, it's like so, so unnecessary. Like it wasn't for like honey is a totally invented character and that's all made up. Yes. And that's for the purpose of the yes. show. I get that. But like the, the, the inaccuracies about like the games in, in consequential ways always confused me. And I was glad that they were entirely accurate in these games, the score, the box score, all that stuff was accurate. So that was a relief to me because I was anxiously checking the box score of each game as they went through it on the show. The only weird thing was uh, when game one ends, they say uh, the Lakers win game one behind 18 points by Magic Johnson, which is technically true, but like it would make more sense to say behind 32 points from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and that's just a general narrative issue in general, which is that the show sort of underplays how good Kareem, like Kareem was a better basketball player than Magic Johnson, not by 1984, but in terms of the overall career and certainly in 80, 81, 82, like Kareem was, is, you know, possibly the greatest player of all time, more so than Magic, but because Magic's the more dynamic character, like for narrative purposes, I think they sort of deflate how good Kareem truly was. Um, and so, and, and I mean, they do make a point from time to time of emphasizing how good he is, but like, he's sort of like, oh, he's Jack McKeon's guy, but like, you know, the new offense with Riley is really all about, you know, so, um, I, I, I was, feel like I, the thing with Kareem is that they wanted to tell the story of like the old guy who doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. And then they never really figured out how to tell us that he still has it. Right. Yeah. Like they, it was never, it never like reshifted into like, oh, actually because of like this team that he's on, he's like amazing. And yeah. I feel and like they clear, never, this yeah. was magic's team. I'm not disputing right. that at all. But it helps, you know, when he has Kareem on his team. We, yeah. We've gone back and forth on this a little bit, Chester, and I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Do you think the show leaned a little too heavily into the magic of it all and didn't really focus on what the show said it was going to focus on, which is the Lakers dynasty? Yeah, well, but but magic is really like the the turning point in like, you know, Kareem is on the Lakers in the 70s and they're a good, they're a good team, but they're not a great team. And then Magic arrives, they immediately win the championship in year one. And then Kareem misses the final game. Magic steps in and plays his position and drops 42, 15, and 7. Like, I understand. Like, Magic is the centerpiece. Magic is the most dynamic person personality. Kareem actually is a guy who, in the last, you know, couple of decades, we've really come to appreciate, like, how, how unique... Of, of a thinker and a sort of a public figure he is, but in the seventies and eighties, he was seen as, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, cause you know, he converted to Islam and stuff. So like, you know, white sports journalists to society, he was a bad guy, but um, I, it, it, I understand why they leaned into the magic at all. Right. Like that, that's, he, he's, he's the iconic figure of the 1980s Lakers. So I don't have an issue with that. Um, I don't know if we needed that many scenes of magic on the phone with cookie, like over and over and <laughs> yeah. over, like there's really no progress in their relationship. And by the way, there was more progress in their relationship on this show than in real life. In real life, they don't get married to like 90 or 91 or something like yeah. that. At well, least don't here, they address they, it here. They address it here. Right. Because she's like, do you have a set of date? And she's basically like, ah, I got yeah. too much going on in my life, which is yeah. Implying, yeah, like, I six, think. six years later is a little, but the a little implication overkill. is that once yeah. they get together at that, at that, convention that she's at or whatever from then on magic's like a a one lady man and like you know without getting too much Mm -hmm. into you know (laughs) the 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 post winning time magic you know magic was a multiple woman man from 84 through 91 or something like that so um but you know for narrative purposes that that 
Um, yeah, so I'm I'm fine with magic being the personality character of it, you know, like and it's true, like all like the tragic magic and like you know, he he was blamed when they fired the coach. Like that part is all true for a guy who now has a universal approval rating. Like I didn't had less of an issue of that. I just wish that on the court they would have acknowledged, like, yeah, Kareem is still like Kareem won what six MVPs in the 70s and probably should have won even more if, if people just weren't bored of giving it to him every year. Um, and you, you know, know I thought like- he was a little slighted. Do you feel characters like James Worthy and Byron Scott yeah. really got James Worthy does nothing. Yeah, James Worthy in the 84 finals had multiple 30-point games, I think. And he's like complete and I think that's partly because if they have more seasons, maybe they flesh him out more. But he comes in the middle of, of season two. And mm. so yeah, he doesn't get much of a shot to do anything. Byron Scott is like a complete also ran the only role player who really has a big role is Kurt Rambis, I guess, because you know he's got the weird glasses, he's the white guy, so he's easy to sort of identify on screen. Well, and he gets two things. So he, he had the moment where he gets like fouled in this game, uh, yeah. in, in this in this episode, and then the also that Linda, lines. yeah, <laughs> like, Linda, Linda is dating him apparently. Is that is that the yeah, thing yeah. where she's just, uh, yeah, she's yeah, Linda, him. Linda, who we've who I've been calling Claire Bear this whole time because yeah. she's Claire on, on the bear, yeah. um, is a real person. It's Linda, she is actually married to Kurt Rambis and they, they are still married and involved the Lakers to this day. So they didn't really they didn't flesh out really at all. Um, I, I think something I also want to talk about is is just the and Grace, I don't know how you feel about this because you've been a you've been a Claire Stan uh the whole series and they finally decide to give her a, a shining moment in this season when she's been pretty absent all season how did, how did you feel about the about claire's moment in the spotlight did you feel like it was just a scraps given or did you did you appreciate the moment i mean i appreciate it because i i just love gabby hoffman so i'm like okay i'm it's fine that's fine she has this moment where there's this whole thing this episode about uh jay wells the king's player right who uh, is going to get an increase because genie has leaked that like he's getting paid way less and claire comes to yell at her and kind of like does and then it's like oh but actually also you look nice and then the other big thing here is like claire there's like a huge cash infusion because of the espn deal that they had signed uh, uh earlier or the cable deal i guess uh earlier in the season yeah i mean it's totally fine it, it a little bit i mean it, yeah morsels maybe is the right word it feels like it comes way too late like by the time i've complained about it for six episodes in a row it's hard for me to be like yeah of course i'm happy but like and now i'm just almost also mad that i didn't get anything before this and i feel like this is a big theme of the the season i i think to your point chester it makes total sense that magic is the star of this show uh you know jerry bus as well pat riley i feel like that's the trio this season that they're like these are the stories we want to tell about these three guys Everybody else is in service to those uh, people. Jeannie a bit, but I feel like her story was so wheel spinny all season. And I feel like that's a big detriment. The, the, the big thing I thought from season one, there's two big things that I thought the show did way better in season one than season two. And I think now having seen the full season, I'm in complete agreement that that's still the case, which is one is the rest of the team. Like we're saying, Jason, about like, this is such a magic focused show. And to your point, Chester that makes sense but also season one did such a good job of like Norm Nixon Spencer Haywood like Kareem even I feel like got so much more in season one than he did in season two and so the lack of nobody else on the team having a presence or a story or or being involved in anything I thought was Norm has a little bit during season two but obviously then he gets traded and then uh basically everything with like Claire and the in the businessy side of the Lakers I thought there was much more interesting stuff about that that was happening in season one that basically completely disappears in lieu of a bus and honey storyline that as you mentioned is, is fictitious so i just feel like yeah the overcorrectness to like basketball stuff 
I can't complain about it in a basketball show, but I definitely think there was a disservice done to like everything but the main cast in season two. I don't know if you agree with that, Chester. Yeah, no, I think um, I'm 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 not sure. Like, it wasn't clear to me whether the show. So let me put this another way: we see in general with all these um, sort of player-produced documentary series now, where it's basically like an infomercial, and you're not going to get sort of the true story on any of these people because uh, they control the narrative. Um, And then when you do get a version which is sort of a little more critical and objective, like the Tiger Woods two-part series, for example um obviously tiger's not in it at all and then it sort of seems like a glaring absence and the fact that winning time came out and then almost immediately thereafter genie bus was pushing really hard like oh here look here's a, the true story of the 1980s uh you know the, the show so i i wasn't clear to me like was this show well not was this show anti, but did the lakers see this show as anti-lakers anti-genie bus or pro um because genie bus comes out I the character it's really hard to find anything to dislike about her. I think she comes out looking great in the show and her dad comes out you know a little bit sleazy but I I don't know if anyone I mean I haven't asked Jeannie Bus was your dad a sleaze ball but like you know I, I don't know if in other I words, have her I just, I'll patch her in let me yeah, get her. Yeah. I, I guess I was just I'm 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 really meandering here. Basically what I'm saying is that I think that the show was more sort of sympathetic or or gave a better portrayal of of the bus family in general than I sort of thought it would based on the way season one started and the fact that the Lakers then immediately quickly came out with their own uh, documentary propaganda version of the same do, narrative. Do you think, Jason, that they this is another overcorrection? Was they got so many people coming out and saying this show is not an accurate reflection of the Lakers. Uh, Magic says it. I believe Jerry West says it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes out and says it. They all did not. They were not fans of the show. And I feel like season one was... I feel like, yeah, there's moments where like they looked amazing, but I felt like it was a little bit more of like a reflection of maybe who they were in a way that actually kind of like don't hate that they didn't love it because I think that that's fine. And I feel like season two is a really is there a bad moment for magic in the show outside of like episode one, basically. Right. Like even that I don't feel like is like it's a better portrayal than apparently he was in real life. So which is the the story with his son. The magic debauchery is is ta- is quelled way down in season two, definitely compared to season one. And you know they did enough with Jeannie and I guess Jerry Bust for Jeannie to really kind of uh, put her like all behind the show. Like she's tweeting about the show, she's speaking publicly about the show. Her uh, boyfriend slash husband now is is in the show. So I think <laughs> I, I think Jeannie's definitely on board with the show now. And like Chester said, she's she's especially painting a good light. I think Jerry, especially this season. Well, Jerry Buss was uh, defanged a lot and really kind of gave a lot of more redemption moments to make him kind of like a, a anti-hero. Maybe he, he he really got tamed way down. So I think you're right, Grace. I think maybe because of all the bashing they were getting from the Lakers, they decided to kind of uh, you know show us the gentler side of most of these people um, it, dealing with the show. So I, I think that's definitely has even, something to do with it. Even the honey stuff, just like like the Jerry Buss honey stuff, like that's a pretty sympathetic viewpoint of that whole thing. I feel like on Jerry, like we can yeah. note that it's like, yeah, he probably should have filed this divorce paperwork, but he says in this episode, he's like to, to Jeannie, he's like, I didn't even cheat on her. Like, I think he says it to Claire. Maybe he's like, I didn't even, I didn't even do, <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. And she's trying to gouge me for the entire team, uh, which obviously we don't get any like resolution on because the show gets canceled but the, the whole honey you know. storyline i just i wish they would have just chucked the whole thing and just focused more on other areas of the show because that really that really to me brought nothing to the table uh the whole season i don't know if they were playing well, i don't know what they're playing on doing the season three but i don't think they could have done anything that would redeem the fact that it was included in this season 
Does is this um the potential like real life because lo- it's a real life lawsuit that that uh mm-hmm. he gets sued? Is, did, do you know uh whether like does that actually have a big like financial impact on it? Like, cause that's where I see potentially it going in season uh three. We just we just can't get there because you know the basically the timeline there's of no events. But they, there's no seasons, right? Yeah. I just I, I love your point, Grace. I think you're correct. I think it was an overcorrection. They didn't like that they were being criticized because they needed this show in order to get any kind of following needed to be boosted by people who are fans of the Lakers and are fans of those characters and all those people coming out against it. I think they thought hurt them. And I think that's why season two was worse than season one, frankly, because um, because they they overcorrected in that respect. Um, I mean, Jerry West is the one who got the most unfair portrayal, I thought, in season one. Um, and even and in season two, he's just sort of much more quiet and absent. And by the way, like, so, you know, they do that little thing like this really happened with like the crazy stories. Yeah, the the they undersold. I thought the press conference um, where um, after Westhead gets fired, Bus got up there and announced that Jerry West was the head coach. That's what he actually said. It was it was even mm. more crazy than the show portrayed it. He said, Jerry West is our new head coach. And then Jerry West got up there and he's like, uh, no, I'm not. And then he's like, Matt <laughs> Riley's the coach. So I thought actually like, um, and I don't know if they were trying to do that to maybe not embarrass West. I don't know. But like, cause West really became sort of more of just like a passing guy here. Um, which I guess is better than being like the rage-filled psychopath that they made. In I season mean, one we do get we do get him yelling into a into a radio this episode. So and they kind of yeah. make him like they make him like Yoda in this in, in this final like episode talking to, to Magic like you got to focus on your teammates, not on not on just you, buddy. Like, and I understand like from what we know that this was actually sort of more real than anything else about Jerry West is that he was kind of a mentor to Magic, but it just just the the comparison from season one where like Chester he was a rageful monster the season two where they really relied more on the comedic chops of like jason clark to really kind of sell this kind of lovable curmudgeon guy that sometimes yells but he he says like good wisecracks every now and then yeah the problem is jason clark like he always plays bad guys right and yeah. so like in oppenheimer he plays uh rob roger rob the the, the bad probably the uh, baddest know. well i mean i miss i mean there's some people who literally blow up uh, bombs but yeah no yeah he's pretty bad no, no, he, okay he's not no. the worst guy, <laughs> well that's what i was like, saying i was correcting my own statement i was yeah, like yeah. he's the worst guy and i was like oh no that movie's yeah. about the, 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 the but um <laughs> employment yeah, of so i think it was bomb. a little hard yeah. like the, they can overcorrect as much as they want they still have an actor who to the extent that the that the, that the viewers are familiar with him they expect him to be a bad guy so they couldn't do so much there, you know. You must not have been a fan of Chicago, the the Chicago Code, the the short lived Jason Clark uh, uh, procedural drama where he was an own nonsense police something or other. Uh, yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Sorry. <laughs> um, Shame on you, Chester. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The other people who I think get a really, I think probably, maybe the best uh, outcome of them being portrayed in the show is probably the bus sons, it feels like. Uh, isn't this like the notoriously yeah. like our, yeah, Nincompoops <laughs> and they end up coming out like, uh, Jeannie's too much like dad and she's kind of better at this and, uh, and yeah, that's disappear. it. They're gone. They're gone. They're completely gone. That, that's uh, kind of her position also in real life. Right. And so, right. Right. yeah, I mean the, the genie, the genie turnaround with it in between episodes was really astonishing to me. It really gave me some whiplash of like last episode. She looked like this, like, you know, 16, 17 year old kid. And now she's this, uh, you know, 30 something year old in business power suits that are ready to take over the NBA. I thought that was rather like, a rather sloppy, messy turnaround that, that quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and then Claire's like, you look great. <laughs> it's like a very, I don't know, interesting, yeah, I mean, I don't, that to me though is like, they were they maybe setting up for that to be her like journey in season three? I mean, her story is by far, I think, the weakest part of season two. It is so the same thing every episode. It's like, mm-hmm. she's kind of unsure whether she should do it, but she's naturally good at it, so she's gonna keep doing it. This episode, she gets a pretty good, I mean, the, the whole thing with uh, the Kings player is like, that's a pretty like, the thing I said earlier about when uh, bus increases the contracts, knowing the free agency is coming up, that to me feels like, yes, it's like he can earn some goodwill, but he also is doing it because he knows, and this is true to life. The magic eventually realized like, actually you kind of screwed me by having me sign a 25 million, uh, 25 year contract because I'm only going to make $1 million in 25 years. And everybody else is going to make way more than that. Um, as opposed to this, this feels like super like, wow, Jeannie is the best person ever. She's like making sure that this like, random guy um from the nhl gets paid i also google searched jay wells and they hired a much more attractive <laughs> actor yeah, he was an enforcer <laughs> he was a big doofus yeah he had teeth missing i'm sure this guy had a had, had a t- oh, had 100 teeth missing yes <laughs> i was i was gonna fact check that and i thought well maybe he wasn't missing teeth at this stage in his career i don't know but yeah but if you uh, google jay Wells or jay wells he does not look like the man they cast that man got a very favorable uh casting credit there. but gracious yeah. you you said that you yeah. know genie knows what she's doing she's but did they really show that in the show i i feel like they well they didn't really they didn't really go over that that much i mean in this episode she's giving out payment information when she's not really supposed to but she's like well we should but but you really kind of you're really only doing it because you're dating this guy i I didn't really feel like they did anything to to make her this like this this mogul in the making she's just like they, they because they said it we're supposed to believe that she's she 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 knows the business she can do this 
where they didn't show their work in much the, more in, in season one uh and then early season two with like running yeah, where she uh, had these bright ideas in season one yeah. but season yeah. two she spent the whole time staring daggers at honey for most of the season yeah being mad yeah at honey yeah. <laughs> yeah and not getting the thimble yeah yeah um yeah i feel like uh there's i mean because the episode is so much about the you know the the back and forth i haven't really talked about larry bird if you, you enjoyed larry bird on the show uh and, and read Auerbach, the celtics portion of it uh chester did you enjoy it yeah i mean i i, I liked i thought they did like they did for for magic and kareem i thought they just did a great job with the casting i thought the bird guy uh, i apologize i forgot his name i thought he's pretty good um you know he, he they don't i assume they would have gotten more into him at some point um but they you know he, ultimately it's a show about the lakers red Auerbach, they they kind of portray as a bad guy because you know the celtics are the villains but like red Auerbach, like he he was like the first person to uh start an all black starting five in the nba right. he was the first person to have an african-american like head coach like like he was uh relative to the nba like a very progressive like civil rights icon and was uh you know sort of a, a quote-unquote good guy not a bad guy and the show really portrays him the other way and again i get i get it, it's lakers versus celtics and in the 80s like it or not because the the celtics had a couple of high profile white players um they were sort of seen as the white team but like i thought red Auerbach got a little bit of of a of a not great edit in that respect michael chicklis was eating up the scenery and he just loved, yeah. i feel like playing yeah playing he red. drops yiddish words every once in a while <laughs> yeah um i liked i liked this considering considering we go ahead I was going to say, considering what we got out of Larry Bird throughout the, the you know the second season, did we think the Larry Bird like standalone origin was was worth what we got out of Larry Bird for this season, or or was that a a prelude to what season three may have been? I think there had to be more coming, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and also I think it could have been a thing too. I actually really like that episode. I loved the sort of tonal shift the show is so good at creating the vibes of the 80s like the soundtrack jason you mentioned is so good that episode where they basically like play willie nelson all episode it's it's a really fun choice and one that i almost feel like there's the potential that they just didn't want to cut that from what they had written mm -hmm. like that almost gets like saved probably uh, uh from being cut as opposed to some of this other stuff that might have been knowing they had to condense the season so i wonder if if that's kind of why it's in there and that yeah there probably was more coming we get kind of a cute scene with him and his mom where his mom is like yeah magic is my second favorite player and he's like you can say if it's your first favorite player if yeah. you want i kind i like it i think that um i didn't really know this about larry bird my my like really some of my only larry bird he's in space jam right isn't he in space jam <laughs> momentarily i think yeah and he comes <laughs> off as a nice dude so i'm like oh larry bird must be i don't know yeah. i just uh, I before, you, before yeah. this i always thought larry bird's like a nice tall white man i said like like he looks like he looks like your grandpa or something is what i thought yeah. of larry bird before this i you know i, I no, he's a hillbilly like, trash talker apparently yeah yeah and i felt like this episode uh really served larry well because it really made him look like he was just this like strategic mastermind throughout all the finals and i'm not sure like how accurate how close that is to real life but he's like you know this, this this guy who's leading the team like oh yeah we got him now like he stares at us and the camera's like we got him like i i love the portrayal of larry in this in this episode specifically but but i th i feel like throughout the series he did he did a really good job with with larry Bird character yeah it's uh i i liked it a lot i liked the sort of him orchestrating the sort of like 
fight, he actually goes and helps like Rambus up, but then is like making sure his teammates don't go like apologize to anybody. Um, I, I, I found it entertaining in this idea, this clash, which I thought was one of the most, again, if this is like not the series finale, I think I really love this episode in terms of the framing between the style of play that the Celtics used versus the style of play that the Lakers had and how it's fun that they could both have been so successful during the run of, of uh, the eighties and sort of, have these different styles of play i can see where like you get compelled by that story want to tell it um and yeah unfortunately the show just ends yeah i really enjoyed the storytelling aspect of it where they kind of they kind of gave you a mini story for each game in the series uh you know minus the first one which we really just kind of fast forwarded through but for every other game there's like a little story in there a reason why this team or this team won which you know whatever you want to say about real life or what it did this actually happen was this the reason for it i enjoyed that they told it in, in these kind of phases and these kind of mini stories uh the steam bath game apparently right game is it game five it was like uh, this is true uh chester this is, this is the, the hottest game yeah I, I don't know if the exact temperatures they showed on screen are accurate i didn't fact check that yeah but the celtics would famously uh, let it get really hot uh, and would and I don't know how good the air conditioning was in the old Boston Garden in the first place but yeah they would they would let it get really hot to uh, make the other teams miserable um, and you know there were allegations about being playing around with the water I don't know how you know wh whether that was ever proven or not uh, when Kareem has to go back to take the shower and it's only gonna be hot water or whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but th those those are certainly the things that people alleged at the time so the other piece of this episode is like, is the riot basically like the, like the, the storming of the court. This is wild to me. And this, like, I can't believe I haven't really heard of this story much before the fact that Rambus, he does punch that guy and then got sued by that guy. And apparently I think he settles uh, for maybe not that much money, but the fact that that guy has a claim, he was trying to steal his jersey. He was trying to take his Jersey off uh, this whole story, <laughs> this post game riot of them trying to steal uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's like goggles and like this wild. It just shows you know, how how undedicated sports fans are nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tried yeah, it this in was Atlanta. Not, wasn't there the Ronald Acuna story? Yeah, not really unusual. Well, back, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot more slid by back then. Thing. Yeah, just you know, what, yeah. what happened to the good old days of storming the of storming the court and beating the shit out of, of players and players beating the shit out of each other yeah. or, or of, of fans? <laughs> Let's get back to those good old days. Um, all right. I feel like that's, that's, uh, I feel like the episode, I don't know if we have like final, like eulogizing thoughts, Jason, I feel like we've pretty much covered it. I think season one is really strong, really great. I feel like encapsulates sort of, uh, everything I want out of the, 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 like a, like a sports series where like we joke that there's not enough basketball, but that's cause like, there's so much compelling story there. Season two, I think overcorrects on a few things, which is one, the basketball story. I feel like that's also potentially in line with the feedback they were getting from people who were involved in the story, because it's easier. I think they're a successful team. If you tell the, the story of them being successful, it is kind of then interesting though, that the, <laughs> they have to finish on the season when the Lakers lose uh, and then montage, basically everything good that happens. Um, I still think it's like, there's stuff in here that I thought is like some of the best stuff on TV. Um, I just feel like it, um, it, it was not as full, I think as season one and obviously ends on this like trickle, but you have final thoughts about winning time, Jason. No, I mean, as a whole, I think I really enjoyed winning time. And like I said earlier, I, I would recommend it to people that want a want maybe not a good complete story, but a good a good story in and of itself to especially for the performances. I, I really want to give a big up to Quincy Isaiah to uh, I'm sorry, I really forgot the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, actor's name. Solomon something. 
something called yeah, I'll pull it up. Those two, I think, really as being new ish Solomon actors, Hughes, yeah, Solomon Hughes, like as, as being new ish actors, really came in and really did very well with these characters. Um, and I would really love to give big ups to them. And you know, uh, of course, of all the big players here, you got Pat Riley, uh, Adrian Brody, you got uh, John C. Riley. I think they they killed it, knocked it out of the park. I think if I was to give somebody this and say, check out these performances, don't worry about the story, the yeah. performances are great. I think that's something I would do. Um, you know, just just demerits though for leaving us hanging with multiple storylines you know i they, there's this moment where like magic wants to talk to cookie outside of the locker room and we never get follow-up to that like at all yeah. it's just, like it just totally leaves it like what was you gonna say to her i have no idea that's just how much they leave hanging in this which makes it a really disappointing uh both season and series finale i thought but overall i'd give it probably like a b i think yeah. as, as a show overall uh what about you chester what are your final sort of takeaways from from winning time i like the idea of telling people just watch season one um you get most of 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 the cast most of the great performances in season one the story is great in season one um we have you know there's there's so many you know high profile actors in this jason siegel we haven't even mentioned adrian brody um gabby hoffman obviously we mentioned um gillian anderson so yeah, so a, a lot of big names. And then, yeah, Quincy Isaiah, Solomon Hughes were each, like, so perfect. And yes. and I wonder, I wonder, especially for Solomon Hughes, I don't know how tall he is in real life, but I wonder, you know, sort of how many, uh, uh, <laughs> let me yeah. look, how tall is Solomon Hughes? Um, he's six foot eleven. Yeah, so it's going to be tough for a six foot eleven guy to have a, a a career. I think as just sort of a, a run of the mill actor, like in in non basketball roles, because uh, and isn't six foot eleven? So um, the guy who played Bird too is like told all of his life, "You look like Larry Bird. You need to play Larry Bird." Sean Patrick Small, and now the show's canceled. What's he going to do with his life? Yeah. Like the two of them are like, this is these are the roles I was born to play. You can't cancel the show. No. Should be a bird magic sitcom. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, on CBS. By the way, Wood Harris played Spencer Haywood. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, uh, he you know, Haywood, who's we, on we the Lakers in season one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. My um, final. So yeah. yeah sorry, I would say rap, I would yeah. tell people yeah, well, watch season one. Great cast. Yeah. Um. Good story. And then you can tell people you don't really need to watch season two because they got canceled halfway through, and so it was sort of incomplete. And I think from that perspective, if you look at season one as like a mini series, I would give it a an A minus, especially as someone who loves basketball and loves, you know, the, uh, basketball history and all that. And uh, overall, probably closer to the B range because of season two, maybe even a C plus because season two, you know, struggled. But I know this is not how grades work, but I feel like at times it's like an A plus show. That's the frustrating thing <laughs> of the fact that it gets canceled because at times it's so good. Uh, it, the, I think the vibes of this show are like probably my favorite thing coming out of it, like the theme song. The music, it's all so it's so good and so spot on. And then the performances as, as well that sometimes like, yeah, everything else that they didn't do well um, suffers. My last question here before we wrap up winning time coverage is what sports biopic do you want to see next? Is there anything I feel like, Chester, this is an interesting one for you. Is there anything that you think is like hasn't been done? Maybe something that like should be redone because it was bad the first time it was done. Like, what would you love if HBO was like, yeah, we're gonna do a ten episode sports biopic? Do you have Do you have anything you're like, oh, I want to see that? Well, it if, also be if they want, yeah. If they want to be in the Jeff Perlman business still, Jeff Perlman, and I think I've read pretty much all of Perlman's books. He wrote a book on the 90s Cowboys called Boys Will Be Boys. Okay. And which is sort of a, a spiritual sequel to, to the, the, the Lakers in the 80s, of course, because the Cowboys are the dynasty. They're winning all those titles and they're partying. And, you know, there's huge characters, uh, Michael, I mean, literal huge characters like Nate Newton, but also, you know, Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman. So I think that that one 
would be sort of like the logical successor, sorry, successor to this one. Um, and there's a lot of places they could go. So that, that would be, that would be sort of an easy answer, but I, I think that their takeaway from the show HBO's might be that they don't want to do sort of another Jeff Perlman type show because it's just, it's, it's hard to translate from, from real life to book to TV show. So. Yeah. Uh, he did a, he had a Bo Jackson one uh, last year, right? I think in 2022, I feel like the Bo Jackson story would be interesting that the dual sports, but I don't know if that's an HBO like drama, but as opposed to like a movie, you got anything, Jason, anything you want to see depicted? Um, I think that I think that the Michael Jordan like oeuvre of antics and drama is is way is out there for for anybody to scoop up. We got that in like Space Jam. They did it. Yeah, I mean, other than Space Jam, which which told his story delightfully as a basketball, <laughs> baseball player, uh-huh. um, told told the story very well. But I think a a more overall uh you know story encompassing like a lot of the gambling problems that michael jordan had you know and the transition from basketball to baseball i think would be interesting if you got the right people to do it and you got the right uh you know you don't have michael jordan involved which would be which wouldn't be great uh but but it would run into the same problem as this because you'd have so many people bashing it because michael jordan i wouldn't say michael jordan is a universally beloved figure but uh i feel like a lot of people like love michael jordan and have this image of him i don't know if they would like that image to be tarnished so you might have the same problem that you have with with this property see air did i don't know if you folks watched air but and jason wouldn't it be so hard sorry yeah exactly grace i was gonna bring that up like in air we don't even see michael jordan uh i mean we sort of see him from the side from the back he never says a word the whole time and i think it's because it's so hard to find a character i mean an actor who can portray somebody who's so famous which is why it was so incredible how winning time found a magic and found a Kareem. I thought like, that's like the most impressive mm-hmm. thing the show did. Um, I think Jordan would be really, really tough. If there's a guy who's an actor who already looks like Michael Jordan, we would probably know about him. I feel like. Yeah. Good point. I mean, there's a literal yeah, but, Michael Jordan actor, but, but I mean, <laughs> did, did Quincy Isaiah look that much like, they, like they also magic. did that in space jam Chester. They did that joke. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, was that a lesser Space Jam, the second one? This, yeah, that's the I even one. bother with that one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, it's tough. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like recent recent-ish like sports stories that would be interesting. I feel like they're all they're also like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it'd be fun to to adapt. So I don't know what it would be. I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. Um, all right. Well, I think that's our coverage of, of Winning Time. Jason, it was such a delight to chat with you each week about Winning yeah, Time. Yeah, always fun. W- was looking forward to doing this again, but I, I guess we'll I guess we'll never talk again about uh Magic Johnson and Winning Time. Maybe uh <laughs> maybe the maybe Yahoo will pick it up for season three. Yeah, for Yahoo Screen will pick it up. <laughs> it'll, uh-huh. it'll revamp Yahoo Screen and, uh-huh. and reboot it. And uh Chester, thanks for coming on being our our one and only guest this season. It was great. Yeah, glad uh, I show up and the whole show ends. <laughs> <laughs> you came on for the last season of uh, uh, Succession Two. We knew that was ending, but uh, yeah, maybe you're. Yeah, maybe this I is hope I wasn't show. responsible for Chester that. Chester the one. show killer. Yeah, yeah, the show killer. yeah exactly. Uh, uh, Chester, what else do you got going on? Where can people find you? Uh, you know, every week, Akiva and I, uh, 32 fans, we're talking uh, primarily football this time of year, but all kinds of sports and pop culture conversations, Judaism occasionally. And then mm-hmm. with Avsenetsky, the Pretty Good Friends podcast, we are uh, doing season one, episode 15 of Friends uh, this week. And we have our very first guest of season one uh, for this week's episode. So uh, surprise guest if you join us there. And there's a lot of Friends episodes to go. So we might be around a little longer than the Winning Time podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, maybe. Yeah. Uh Jason, yeah. what about you? 
Uh, as of right now, after this, I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus uh, mm-hmm. until uh, I think we're Sasha Joseph and I are going to be covering Loki coming up pretty soon yeah. over on the uh, Everything is Super feed. Um, Married at First Sight is coming back soon, so I'll be with Asia Welch talking about that over on the podcast Perfect Match. Um, check me out pretty soon coming up on uh, the 90 Day Fiance podcast. Other than that, um, that's about it. Oh, and more recently, I was on Nothing But Netflix with Chappelle and Rob, where we talked about the uh, rom-com Love at First Sight. It was an interesting chat about that oh. movie, so so go check that out. Um, but other than that, that's about it. You can follow me on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1085, and that's about it for me. What about you, Grace? Cool. Uh, the Travelers crew, we covered Dark. Now we're covering. Uh, we're going to cover Tales from the Loop. Uh, Foundation has wrapped up. We'll have a one-off bonus pod there. Heels wrapped up. There's a lot of shows wrapping up. Heels wrapped up, winning time wrapped up, the after party wrapped up, uh, covering movies each week with Ariel and the morning show Ariel and I are covering as well. Season three just dropped two episodes last week. I'm on Twitter at High from Grace or at Go for Grace. We will not be back because that's the end of winning time. So, Jason, this is going to be a really profound outro, I think. Yeah. Always remember, keep dreaming and keep dribbling. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.